Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and we are back at it, back at it, back at it again. You know what I'm saying? Now we're here to talk. Off-season is here. we got a lot of things going on, but this New York Jets team, this New York Jets roster still needs evaluation. We need to talk about weapons. We need to talk about wide receivers. We need to talk about what we can do to help Zach Wilson as we continue to roll on throughout, you know, the process of beginning our offseason, going into free agency, and figuring out what kind of targets we need to grab up to ensure that our QB has someone to throw to. But before we get into that, I am the man of the people. I am here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth to folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get into the show. I am fired up. Fired up, man. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. There's a lot of discussions, a lot of talk, a lot of rumors flying around, and we're going to talk about that as well. You know what I'm saying? Listen, your boy's on iTunes, man. You know, I got quite a bit of people following, subscribing to the show on iTunes. Please continue to do that. Also, listen, give your boy a five-star rating. I see there's some people. You know what I'm saying? Giving me five-star ratings, people leaving feedback. Please continue to do that. Share the show as well on your social medias with your friends and your family. Go on iTunes, type in The Long Beach Joe Show, hit that subscribe button. You know what I'm saying? Listen to my show. Give me some feedback. Let me know what y'all think. Again, your boy is also on YouTube as well. I know some of you listen on Blog Talk, which is The Long Beach Joe Show on Blog Talk as well. I'm on YouTube too. You know what I'm saying? You want to see this handsome face? Come on over to YouTube, right? Type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, all right? Subscribe to that channel. Hit the notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know, all right? And you get to watch the show live. You know what I'm saying? Salutes to all the savages that watch me live on YouTube. Brian Steele, Mr. Magic, salutes to y'all. You know what I'm saying? Come on over. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. Subscribe to my platform on YouTube. And you'll get to watch the show live. Again, we take live callers. We do all of this. We have a lot of fun over here, too. You'll see the other videos, other content that I do as well. You will also see, you know, you will also see, you know, us playing games from time to time, too. We have a lot of fun over here on YouTube. So please, again, Long Beach, Joe Jets, come over, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and give my videos a thumbs up. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and do that. I'm also on Twitter as well. Young J000, the show's page is at the Long Beach Joe. Go ahead and follow both of those pages. Hit me up. I'm here to talk about football. Some people want to hit me up and talk about life. You know, I'm here for that too. I'll listen. <laughs> I'll listen. So we're going to talk about all that. So go ahead and hit those pages up. And again, if you hit my link tree as well, which is all over all those pages on my Facebook, on my social media, all that stuff, go through my link tree. You know, subscribe to all of my other YouTube pages and please. Follow me in my Discord. Join my Discord. My mods be getting after me. I do. I try to remember, okay? <laughs> Follow my Discord. Go to, you know, my, uh, my, my, my link tree. Hit that link tree. Scroll down. Follow my Discord. You know, we have a lot of fun. We chop it up in there. We have just a ton of jokes. We do all kind of fun things. You know what I'm saying? So come on by. Now, don't get too crazy in there. Don't get too randy. You know what I'm saying? Because the mods will get you up out of there. But, uh, you know, come in there, have laugh, have a lot of fun, tell jokes about each other. 
we enjoyed also. Please join the Discord as well. Now, with all that said, you know what I'm saying? It's time to talk about the Jets. It's time to talk about the New York Jets. It's time to talk about weapons. It's time to talk about offense, something that the New York Jets have lacked for years. All right? We've had big issues, and when you look at some of those issues, it's really – it's really came from the fact that we haven't been able to surround whatever young quarterback that we've had with talent. Of course, we've had quarterback issues. A lot of guys have not worked out here. But we've also had issues surrounding those quarterbacks with talent, right, particularly at the wide receiver position. Now, if you look at the New York Jets coming into this season, everybody was excited about our wide receiver core, still excited about a lot of these guys. But, you know, a lot of people, if you talked about last offseason, we were saying, listen, the strength of this offense is the wide receiver core. You got Crowder, you got Corey Davis, you got Elijah Moore, you got Braxton Berrios, Keelan Cole, Mims, we were all hyped. And then as the season played on, you started to see some guys that we thought would really step up and have big impact, Denzel Mims, not have any kind of real impact, Denzel Mims. <laughs> we started to see other guys that we would hope kind of would take a step forward and guys that we knew had immense talent really make an impact in games like Elijah Moore. Uh, and, you know, there was other guys as well. Crowder got his contract restructured, but he was still able to come out and be effective. Corey Davis dealt with the situation. So when you look at this, our wide receiver core now, a lot of people have us going into the offseason and are wondering, hey, do the New York Jets need to continue to add to this wide receiver core? Because we may lose some guys as well to free agency. Do we need to add to the wide receiver core to make it even more potent so that Zach Wilson can be successful here? And I say, yeah. Why not? Add, to the, add more weapons if you, if you can. Especially, again, going into this offseason, we have the cap money. We got $54 million, I believe. There's been a lot of dead contracts that have come off. I think $19 million of that is going to have to possibly go to our draft class because we've got so many picks. But, again, that could change as well, depending on how we utilize those picks if we end up trading those off. So you got some receivers, you know, hitting the market there. But when you look and when you evaluate the season, the guys that we have here – we still got a solid core, even if we lose some guys. And again, even though we have guys like Jamison Crowder, who could, be, who could be going to the free agency, we could end up bringing that guy back. I am not against bringing Jamison Crowder back if he's willing to work for a deal that will work for the Jets and work for him. I'd have no issues with that. I don't want to overpay Jamison. Again, we were able to you know, bring his contract down this year. He took a pay cut and stayed with us and performed decently. He's a guy that you can move into the slot. He can make plays. He can do all those things. So I wouldn't necessarily be against keeping or moving on from him if he would like to stay here and step up and continue to make plays and do his thing within the system. Now, a guy that I do believe is a must-resign for us, a must-resign, it's got to be Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios, first and foremost, is an all-pro kick returner, okay? I'm going to say this again. Braxton Berrios, New York Jets, is a first-team all-pro Listen, okay, we got a guy that is out there making plays, doing his thing, and he's handling business. He's a guy that I look at and say, hey, he's a must-resign. Not for just what he does on the special team end of the, end of the game, which he was phenomenal with us this season, but we saw what he was able to do with working within the slot. We saw him step up when we were missing a lot of guys later on in the season. A lot of guys were injured. Corey Davis was on the IR. We'll talk about him in a second. We were missing Elijah Moore as well. He was injured. And Braxton Barris was able to step up and make play after play after play. He was the guy 
that Zach Wilson was looking to later on in the season to throw to and do his thing. So I think Braxton Berrios, for us, in my opinion, is a must-resign. Now, again, I don't want to dramatically overpay this guy. And I know ever since that, uh, that all-pro, <laughs> ever since that all-pro mention got up, ever since he got that all-pro, I know the price has gone up a bit. But I think he's a guy that we should absolutely bring back. And, again, he's kind of alluded to the fact that him and the New York Jets have had discussions. So they're definitely, you know, somewhere within the contract talks where they are, you know, who knows. But they've definitely, you know, reached, reached out and gone back and forth about contracts. So I'm hoping that we bring Braxton Berrios back. Here's a guy that's been in the league for a minute, and he's coming in here and doing our th- done his thing for us. Now let me tell you something. A guy that I'm extremely excited about coming back next season, a young guy that I cannot wait to see him continue to climb up, you know, in the NFL, is Elijah Moore. Man, Elijah Moore was phenomenal for us this season. He was phenomenal. He had the most receiving yards out of anybody on the New York Jets, 538 yards, had five TDs as well. The impact that he showed in certain games was crazy. And, again, this was a kid that when we drafted him, we were all shocked we got him in the second round. But when we drafted him, we saw the outpour of not just people in college talking about how phenomenal he was, the type of person he was, the personality. No, we, there was pro players coming out and saying, listen, this guy's the real deal. I don't know how, why he was still there in the second round, but this guy is the real deal, and the Jets got themselves a heck of a player. You had you know, some beat writer saying that he you know, is the best wide receiver the New York Jets have ever drafted. I'm not lying about that. You can go back and look at the, look at the articles. But he came in here and you know, started to get things going a little bit more towards the mid part of the season, and then he just took off. This guy is phenomenal. He's got great attributes for our offense. He's fast. He's a guy that has a solid set of hands as well. The only thing about Elijah Moore, and I want to see next season, is can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? He only played 11 games this season. If he can stay healthy and stay on the field for us, the connection between him and Zach Wilson, whoo, that's going to be something that we're going to be excited about for years to come, for years to come. Then you look at Corey Davis. I told everybody, call Corey Davis. I called on a couple times, you know. Corey Davis, 492 yards on the season. He started out the season strong, man. Started out the season strong, and he was getting fed a lot of targets. Now, one thing I love about Corey Davis is how big he is. His catch radius is great. He had some drops, though, this season. Had some big drops. And then he started to suffer injuries. I believe there was a groin injury at one point. And then he ended up on the IR. He missed a lot of the season on the IR after having a core muscle surgery. So, again, we just signed Corey Davis this past offseason. I'm hoping that he comes back next year fully healthy. He's ready to go. He only played nine games this season, only played nine. He's got to come back healthier. If he cuts out the drops, Corey Davis could have a big-time impact in this offense. We saw him consistently be the guy early in the season that Zach would just absolutely zero in on and just chucked the ball up, and Corey was often going up and making plays. And a lot of people were upset about that because it was hurting Zach. <laughs> we used to see him just kind of dial and lock in on Corey Davis every single play. But, you know, there were times, again, when we saw Corey Davis come up with footballs and be able to make plays. That big play in that Titans game, the 53-yard bomb where Zach Wilson is running for his life, runs out right and just tells Corey, hey, just go downfield. He chucked it up. That was Corey Davis that went up and got that football, made a big-time play against his former team. 
So I'm excited about Corey Davis, but goodness gracious, he's got to stay healthy next season, and he's got to cut down on the drops. Got to cut down on the drops. I also like what Keelan Cole brought to the table as well. Here's a guy that made a lot of plays, some freakish plays. He had some catches this year where I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that was Keelan Cole that went up and got that thing, you know, some one-handers, some, guys, some catches behind his back, some catches going out of bounds where, you know, he just barely tapped his feet and kept his feet in. So, yeah, you know, Keelan Cole's a guy as well that I'm excited about too. He's a guy that we can look to bring back as well. You know what I'm saying? He's a guy that we can look to bring back as well if the deal works for us. But let me tell you something. There's one guy, man. That's that boy Denzel Mims. <laughs> Listen, we were all excited about Denzel Mims this past offseason. Going into the season, everybody was saying that this was going to be his breakout year. You could have watched anything from mainstream media, and everybody was saying he's going to have over 1,000 yards this year. He's going to light it up. He's going to show everybody, you know, that the New York Jets were just just got an absolute steal being able to get him in the second round. He's going to mock people. He's going to do that. And he came in here and did nothing. He did nothing. Only had 133 yards on the season. We saw him struggle to even get on the field. There were guys, literally, we were down a ton of wide receivers towards the late part of the season, and he still couldn't get on the field to play. Still. And there was a lot of talk that it was, you know, things going on between him and the coaching staff. And a lot of people, especially earlier in the season, were screaming for Mims. I was myself as well. I wanted to see the kid get out there and play. When he did get maybe a snap or two here, we saw the catch. We saw catches. We saw the playmaking ability. We saw the athletic ability that he had. But he just wasn't being put out there consistently enough. And when pressed about it, you know, at first, the coaching staff tried to be nice. Hey, you know, we're just going to fit in within the office where we can. We'll figure it out. And then eventually it got to the point where they came out and pretty much said, listen, he don't understand the playbook, okay? He doesn't understand the playbook, and he doesn't know where he's supposed to be at all times. Sulla literally came out and said, listen, I need him to know this position, this position, and this position. I need him to know all three positions on, as a wide receiver. I need him to do that. If he doesn't understand that, he's not going to get on the field. And my goodness, they kept to their word. I don't know why it took him so long or why, why it's taken him so long to learn a playbook, but we saw Denzel Mims get no time. There was times when, again, we saw guys that were coming off the street. You know, we had a wide receiver black come in and get more targets, more catches, and more yards than Denzel Mims in a game, and he had only been here for a very little time. What is going on here? When you look at this season, it was supposed to be a breakout season. Looks like it's turned into a nightmare season. When you look at the season, I don't know if it bodes well for, you know, saying that Denzel Mims is going to stay here. I really don't know. This upcoming season, and I don't want to see it because I think he has unbelievable ability. But this upcoming offseason, we could end up seeing Denzel Mims either cut or traded. It would not shock me if that were to happen. I'm not saying that is what's going to happen, but I'm saying if it does happen, it would not shock me. We also saw various other things from Mims as well. I felt like when he got out on the field, he would press. He would try, to make, try too hard to make a play. We saw penalties as well. He just had a lot of issues, man. A lot of issues this season getting on the field. A lot of issues just making time, man. So, we're going to talk about the wide receiver position as well. 
You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk about free agency, too, the impact again. Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, there's a lot of talk about him, you know, possibly being out there for trade. All those guys, there's rumors swirling around there. We're going to discuss that. We're going to talk a little bit about wide receivers and the draft that are coming out as well. We're going to talk about it all. You know what I'm saying? All I want to say is my dude, Drake London, my dude, Drake London is out there. (laughs) You know, I'm not biased. I'm not a homer. I'm just saying, you know, if you want it done right, if you want a player that's going to make plays, just go get a guy from SC. That's all I'm saying. Go get a guy from SC and he'll figure it out. We got Elijah Vera Tucker. You see he's making plays out there. One of the best linemen in the league, you know? Just go, go, go get you an SC player and fight on. Also, the New York Jets have signed defensive lineman Bradley Ainey to a you know, futures contract as well. I want to bring that up. You know what I'm saying? He was a cowboy at one point. They picked him up in the draft. Now he's here you know, on a future reserve contract for us. So we'll see what happens going on going forward with him. So we got a lot to discuss. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are talking offense. We're talking wide receivers. We're talking weapons. We're talking Zach Wilson. We're talking it all. Please share the stream as well. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, please like the stream. If you'd like to give to the stream, you know, up there is my super chat. You can. If you'd like to hit the catch app, please do. Anything you give to the stream is greatly appreciated. So we're going to get to the lines again, 515-602-9639. is the number. Call in. First call I'm going to, my guy, 914-914. I'm coming directly to you. 914 salutes to you. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Let's start, man. Listen, the New York Jets, right now, when you look at their wide receiver core, do you think the New York Jets lack a number one wide receiver presence. Oh, oh that, definitely. Uh, first thing first, I want to ask you this: What was your favorite part of Wild Card Weekend? Oh, uh, my favorite part of Wild Card Weekend was was watching. I the, think I know what it watching is. the Patriots was watching the Patriots get their butts handed to them. It may it, it excites me when I see Bill Belichick upset. When I see him pissed off, it excites me. I like it. I have a great day. Every time I see him get mad, walking off the field after a loss, I get hyped. What about you? I got to say the same thing. It was, I mean, I, I knew they were going to lose because they could not beat good opponents all year. I mean, they haven't beaten good <laughs> opponents in three years. Yeah. Like they're, they have eight wins in the last three years compared to 18 mm. losses against teams that finish over 500. Mm. That's three wins a yeah. year. That's not good. Yeah, it's not. But, so what are you thinking about the New York Jets wide receiver position, man? Do you think they oh, lack oh, that, a number one wide receiver presence? Uh, definitely they lack that dynamic uh, top-tier wide receiver. Look, you got your slot. You got your um, – you got Davis, who could be a good number two, but you need that big number. And you think about the impact of getting your young quarterback a uh, uh, top-tier number one wide receiver. I mean, you look – Joe Burrow just would jo- – Jamar Chase just won the AFC North and led the Bengals to their first playoff win since the Herbert Walker Bush administration. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at Josh Allen and Diggs, they they just won their second consecutive AFC East division title. And you look 
um, uh, the Cardinals and Kyler Murray and uh, D Hop. They made the playoff. They they made the playoffs. Sure, they fell apart at the end and lost humiliatingly to the Rams, but they still made it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I hear you. Now, but I want I want to ask you this question as well. When you talk about them getting those weapons, and yes, the 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 addition of Chase with the Bengals. I mean, you see it. That kid is phenomenal. He lit so many people up this year. He didn't light us up, though. <laughs> he didn't light us up. We were able to slow him down just a little bit, you know. But uh, he lit so many people up, and you're seeing, you know, guys, you know, absolutely just get destroyed by him. But one of the things that I looked at, and a lot of people were screaming about this as well, they were saying, well, Elijah Moore, if he stays healthy, I think he shows that he could be a number one. Do you believe that Elijah Moore could be our number one wide receiver? I mean, he, he can't, but look, he's better suited to the slot. He's also very good at running those reverse jet sweeps. Mm-hmm. Same that same as Burials is, but like, you need one that's the. He doesn't have the size. He's he's a bit undersized. Yeah. He's what is he five nine five ten? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. he doesn't have that size, and so you know the cornerbacks are generally going to be bigger than him on the outside. Mm-hmm. So you need to have the one that's yeah. got the size who can match up with those. Top tier cornerbacks, you know, like your um, um, what's his name in what's his name in a uh, Buffalo? I can't remember the one that got hurt. Uh, the 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 big wide receiver they have up there in Buffalo is Diggs. No, no, talking about the cornerback, the cornerback in Buffalo that got hurt, that they got out for the season. That was that they oh, lost White, Tredavious White. Tredavious White, yeah. yeah, you, guys go yeah White. I mean, you really want to see um, you really want to put um, more one on one with uh, Tredavious White. It's not not a fun scenario, I think, in my head. Yeah. So when when you're talking about getting that number one guy, because there's been a lot of talk about that as well, because free agency is coming up, and there's just so much to so many guys that could be out there. But there's a lot of rumors swirling. Now there's a lot of talk that Amari Cooper could be out there. He could be on the trade block possibly this off season. Now you said the New York Jets need to look for that big time wide receiver, that number one guy. Would you target Amari Cooper if you're the New York Jets if he's out there for a trade? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, the thing is, well, Shorey's got a lot of money, but none of it's guaranteed money. It's all like if you. So if it doesn't, so I mean, you could try it out, and you know, let's say it doesn't work out this year, you cut him, and you know, you're not, you don't have any dead cap, so it's a very, you know, and then it's not going to cost you a lot because the Cowboys desperately need to shed, they need to clear cap space. So they can't, mm-hmm. you know, they can't demand a lot in return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I mean, they can demand something. I mean, that, that guy's still, he's still a playmaker. He still can go out there. But yeah, I, but again, I mean, I'm you're not gonna. His, I'm looking. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at his cap. I'm looking at his cap, and he's making 22 mil this season. I think we only have 54 at this point. Again, there's some cuts and things that we could come up, but man, that would be a GVR, tough play, of course, being one capital. Yeah, I, I mean, he he would definitely come in and be our number one. But again, t- making twenty two mil in the season, we have a lot of other needs as well. I'd like him, but I'm telling you, that would be quite a bit of cap to actually dedicate well, to him. But there's, there's another, there's another guy as well. that are potentially on the chopping on the trade yep. block. I mean, there's obviously Cooper. Yep. I mean, there's been the recent yep. Ridley, the Calvin Ridley stuff, which obviously you got to see if he's all clear in the head, of course, before you consider mm-hmm. that option. But I mean, if he's clear in the head. You can't say no to a guy that's going to be on the cheaper end who's still on his yeah. rookie deal. 
Yeah, but that's the big question, though, with him, and that's where I was going to go with you next, is asking you about Kyle, uh, Calvin Ridley. The big thing for me with Calvin Ridley is I understand wanting to trade capital for him. He's a great wide receiver. He can absolutely go out there and really make plays. The problem, like you said as well, is there's some you know issues upstairs, but the big, big thing is a lot of people don't know if he's in the right space upstairs to – even continue to play football. There's questions if he wants to even continue to play football in the NFL. And I think that if you have any kind of questions about that, about a player that's going to come into your facility when we're doing all the things that we've done, we're, we're making a culture change. You know, we've had issues in the past where we've had guys come into the locker room and, you know, be question marks there. I don't think that we need to bring that in here. I think if he still has questions about whether he wants to play the game, let's, you know, stay clear of him. Continue to use I, that I, I agree. Like, I, I would say, like I, I think you probably bring in a mental health expert to evaluate. Probably get help from a mental health expert to evaluate him before you would make a decision like that. But like I said, if it's if it's all good, absolutely, absolutely make a push for it. If not, you know, just look somewhere else. Yeah. So when you look at, and, and we're talking about wide receivers, man. When you look at the New York Jets and some of the guys that they could possibly just bring back. You know what I mean? To me, Braxton Berrios is at the top of the list. Now, for you, is he a must-resign? Uh, that, well, definitely. Look, he's a look. He's a pro. He's an all-pro. Should have been Pro Bowl return man. You know, he fits the culture. You know, he's a hard worker. He's got you know he's got a very good uh, repertoire with uh, Zach Wilson. And you know, like I said, you know, he, I think he's proven it. And also, I like the idea of you know stealing guys from the Patriots and having them turn into something. It always puts a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Now, when you look at some of the guys that are coming out in the draft as well, particularly guys that are going to be in the first round. Now, Mel Kiper came out recently, you know, with a little bit oh, yeah. of a mock draft there. He had us taking Hamilton at four, had us taking Drake London at 10. Now, you know, I'm an SC guy. I love Drake. Okay, 10, you know. What are your thoughts about that mock draft, and would you be okay with the New York Jets walking out of the first round with both of those players? Uh, safety, I'm not a big fan of. You know, I'm still, I still have uh, Jamal Adams PTSD. <laughs> but the wide receiver, I got no problem with. You know, as long as, like, I know he got injured this season, so as long as he's all good to go, you know, there's no mm-hmm. any, you know long-term there's no any serious issues with his injury and he'll be healthy come you know training camp and such you know OTAs and I'm fine with it yeah yeah I I mean I look at it like this listen I I, I like Drake London a lot Um, I think he's phenomenal but for me when I look at that mock draft I say okay safety at four I I've been very clear that I do not think the New York Jets should be going safety at four we have far too many needs I know people really love you know, Kyle Hamilton, I'm not saying the kid is a bad player. I think he's a phenomenal safety, but still and yet he's a safety. I think some of the biggest issues that people kind of look at when they look at the Jets' defense is they say, hey, we need a safety we're getting bombed over. We need a pass rusher is what we need. The reason why yeah, people yeah, are the, able to the throw the ball on us the way that they are, because, uh, exactly, because we, we, we can't get to the quarterback. Is- exactly. He's got all day long to throw the football. So with that said, we need to make sure that we attack the pass rush. I would honestly, at this point, I look at the board, and if there's a pass rusher there, I'd rather trade down than take a safety at that position. If, if, all, if everyone is gone on the board that I would want, who, again, 
you know, Linda Baum should still be there. <laughs> I'm just saying, Tyler Linda Baum, just a great, you know, great center. Uh, I, I would take that. You know, there's also a lot of other guys as well uh, that, that could be out there as well. People talk about Neil, too, being there, you know, taking that tackle. Some people want to take a tackle and move it to guard. We know how Jets' Twitter works. I wouldn't do that. Uh, you know, <laughs> he could come out here and play right tackle. That'd be fine, too. But I look at the situation as you need to address the trenches with those picks. You need to take edge so that you don't continue to get bombed over like you have in the past. I think that's the biggest issue on New York Jets defense. Now, I understand we got Carl Lawson. A lot of people like to talk about him as well. He's going to be phenomenal. I believe that. When he comes back, I think he's going to be all right. But at the same time, he's coming back from a torn Achilles. You look at the Jets, you look at the Jets' luck in the past as well. Can we really depend on a guy coming off a torn Achilles to come back and immediately give us – 15 to 16 sacks, because that's what we need. We need a pass rusher. We need a disruptor. We need a guy that's going to absolutely cause havoc. And even if we were to get that, why can't we have two of them? Why can't we have more than just one guy that's going to get after the passer? When you look at the rest of these teams in the league, that's what they have. And the other, you know what I'm saying, the other, my other argument against taking a safety is you've got to protect Zach Wilson. For the first, you know, half of the year, he was running for his life. That's how he jacked up his PCL. He was taking shot after shot after shot. You cannot continue to have that happen because next year, if he keeps taking hits like he did this year, maybe next year is his ACL. And then how does that help him grow? How does that help him move forward? It doesn't. You also got to look at our running game as well. That's why I scoff when people say, hey, you know, we got a top 10 center in Connor McGovern. I say to myself, well, our, our running game is ranked 29th. How is he a top 10 center? <laughs> ranked 29th in the running game. If you well, add funny, I just, on the offensive line that opens up holes, then guess what that does? That allows us to run the football effectively. Go ahead. Give me your take about that, man. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I was actually checking the statistics on the offensive line. They they did improve as the season one. I think they finished the season. I was checking. I know a lot of people don't like PFF. The one thing I do trust them on is their O-line ranking. They had the Jets ranked 11th okay. to end the season. Well, <laughs> But did you, did you watch the Jets early? I mean, I know a lot of people – I mean, we ended the season. We gave up eight sacks to the Bills. I know people want to say, well, that was due to injuries, but we gave up six to Carolina. I think we gave up four or five oh. to, to Denver. A lot we of gave the up early four stuff. To, to another team. We, got, we were getting destroyed early, and I'm oh. talking about getting smacked. Like, we were so a lot really of the early stuff, I think was just chemistry, we saw Zach Wilson getting chemistry well. issue. I think it was a chemistry issue. You know, they had to learn this because, you know, they switch. it's a whole new coaching staff, new schemes. Well, that was chemistry because I think as, as the season tightened down, you know, Fant became very good, you know, at left tackle. Moses was very solid. AVT developed into his own, you know. He's like, a, he looks like a, you know, an anchor there for de- for another decade. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it was more than just a, just chemistry stuff because, again, we saw Greg Van Roden. He'd been bad for years. Oh, no, Rowan Ro- was bad. I, I, I was excited. Yeah. I was excited when they brought in um, uh, L- uh, Lorde Du Tardif from the Chiefs. That was – Yeah, yeah, LDT, yep. And, again, you got to figure out – again, when you look at our offensive line, you got to see if this guy is even going to play because, you know, he's, he's dealing with the situation as well. So who knows what his future holds. We've got to ensure that we sure up this offensive line. I know well, they're probably going to attack other there, There's too. one area I think you haven't mentioned uh, – to so far that also really needs to be addressed. Go ahead. Tight end. Oh, well, yeah, 
I mean, you know, we'll definitely talk about tight end as well. We'll address that as well. But I think the more no, but, oh, by the way, I was going to ask you, have you, have you an offensive line? Have you seen the Have you seen the tight end uh, from Ohio, the tight end from Iowa State's dad uh, just trying to like a, like pleading with the Jets to draft his son? <laughs> let me let me tell you something. The more pub that we can get guys that want to come here, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. So. If he's out there doing that, I'm excited. You know what I'm saying? But there's so many needs on this football team. But, again, we're talking about wide receivers tonight. So my final question for you is going to be, when you look at the New York Jets and you look at free agency right now, there's a guy out there, Allen Robinson. He could end up being on the market. Is he a guy the New York Jets should be interested in in your mind? Again, he only played 12 games this season, 410 yards. He's 29 years old. What are your thoughts about that before I let you go? Uh, I definitely look at it. I try to look at it. I don't try to look at more of a short-term deal or a deal that you can get out of easily in the later years because the problem is wide receivers start to, you know, dip as once they get over the 30 mark. So that, that's my big mm-hmm. concern there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, like I said, he's 29. I love A-Rob. I was hoping that we would get him before he signed with the Bears, even though he was dealing with the injury. I didn't care. I wanted him. But, you know, he's there now. And, again, I think, you know, he might still have some gas left in that tank. And if he comes in here, I definitely think he could be a guy that that could look to. So I want to thank you for calling in tonight, my friend. You have yourself a good night, all right? All right. You have yourself a good night. Go Jets. All right. Listen, go Jets. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we're here to talk about tonight. Nothing but the Jets. We're talking about Zach Wilson. We're talking about <laughs> Salutes to everyone again in the chat. Salutes to all the savages. Salutes to everybody, man. NY Jets FL, always speaking the truth. Salutes to you as well, man. We're going to keep getting to these callers again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers again. When you call in, please be patient. We'll get to everybody. The lines are hot. And also make sure that your background is clear. All right? I know I got people that want to talk Jets. They love talking to me. I love, you know, talking to y'all as well. But if you had your construction job on that jackhammer, don't call me when you're on the jackhammer. Get off the jackhammer. Go down the street a little bit to where it's quiet, and let's talk Jets. And then after we're done, you can get back on that jackhammer. You know what I'm saying? But get off the jackhammer while you're talking to me. I need to hear your back. I need to hear you clearly. And I need to make sure that your background, you know, is good to go. So we're going to get back to these lines. Next, I'm going to my guy, Angelo. Angelo, I'm coming directly to you. You know Angelo going to bring the heat. Salute to you, Angelo. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. I'm hitting you straight straight with straight punches. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to hit you with a straight uppercut right now. Is Braxton Berrios a must-sign, man? Yes or no? Is he a must-resign? Yes or no? Hey, Joe, thanks for taking my call. And just to let you know, I'm, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee, where it's freezing outside, but I'm at work, so I have to Ooh. come outside to, to call your show so it's nice and quiet. So I want you to know that I, I do <laughs> take that seriously. So, so thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. All right. So, um, yeah, Braxton Berrios, I would say a must sign because of the chemistry with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is confident mm-hmm. with Braxton on the field. Um, now I know I think you were talking about Cav- Calvin Ridley. I think that's or maybe Allen Robinson. But I, I feel like I don't know with Elijah Moore coming back. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, he's kind of that slot guy too. So I don't know how you kind of mix him and Barrios, but I think you still need Barrios for special teams. And obviously Barrios has earned to get on the field. And um, mm-hmm. and that's it. You got Corey Davis on the other side. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what we do with this wide receiver group. If we give uh, Mims another shot next year or if we draft somebody, I don't think Ooh. we really need to bring in a, another superstar receiver. I think uh, mm. I think we need I think we need a playmaking tight end. That guy Trey McBride or Isaiah Likely mm-hmm. in the draft, or if we can get the guy from the Cowboy Dan Schultz. I think we need a big mm-hmm. time tight end. I think it's time to invest in a tight end. Uh, that's the quarterback's best friend. And uh, mm-hmm. right now, Bar- Barrios is Zach Wilson's best friend. You've got to bring him back. And if, if you're talking yeah. about, you know, between five, if you're going to argue between five and eight million dollars a year, you got to get the deal done for your quarterback. Okay. I mean, enough is enough. I know Joe, Joe Douglas is kind of cheap, or let's just say he's a good negotiator. So he, he gets the best deals possible. But I think at some point, Braxton's got to be uh, top priority. He's got to be our top priority. And I know. Um, mm-hmm. He is undersized, and um, but but obviously you saw what he can do. So you you got to bring him yep. in, even if it's just for uh, third down plays and gadget plays, or or you know I don't know if he's a full time receiver, but you need him on special teams. You need him on third downs. That's it. Yeah. No, listen, you're bringing the heat early, and again, uh, uh, Angelo, I want to thank you for calling in. I know you have to step away from your job for a second. I salute to you. You know you're on work back. I understand you're a working man. Get that money. Now, I hear what you're saying. Hey, you don't want to see the New York Jets go out and necessarily spin a bunch. You don't think we need a big time, you know, number one. But are you that confident in Corey Davis? Again, I'm a big Corey Davis guy, but we saw an injury really take him down this year, right? So he's going to be coming back from that. Also, we saw some drops as well that really shook a lot of the fan base. They were like, hey, how can we trust this guy? And he can't keep the ball in his hands. Does that have you with question marks as well going into the next season with him? Because if you don't sign somebody this year, right, he's going to be the guy you're going to be putting out there at number one wide receiver. Well, it's a good point because, uh, you know, you could sign someone else and have the same issue. You know, you could spend a lot of money. That's why it's kind of better to draft young guys and let them develop. Obviously, it didn't work with Denzel Mims or, um, oh, man, what, what was that receiver we took out of Ohio State? something Smith in the second round. I mean, we just missed on receivers, I feel like, forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, with, with yeah, Corey Devin Davis, Smith. Devin Smith, oh, my God, Devin mm-hmm. Smith. Okay, so um, <laughs> <laughs> you remember Oh, oh don't, don't bring that, 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 that's McCagney. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was McCagney. Thank you for that, oh, man. That. Yeah, we, we needed that. that uh, so, so oh. again, bringing in uh, – Corey Davis, you know, he was – he has some good games. I feel like Zach was, was you know what I think it was is I think Zach was maybe looking maybe too much at Corey Davis because he knew okay this is the guy he's got the experience he's our number one. I think maybe Zach was ultimately thinking like I got to get the ball to Corey. Corey's going to be my playmaker, and um, mm-hmm. you know so it, it, the receiver is going to be hard. And I think you got to give Corey Davis. Obviously, we have him in a contract for another two two or three years. Um, another, like I said, I, I think um, Corey's going to be Corey. I think he's going to be okay. I, now, I would like to have another playmaker out there, and that's where I think the tight end comes into play. I mean, think about a guy like Kyle Pitts, you know, because you, you look at him as a tight end, but he's really a receiver. Mm-hmm. If you can get a tight end like that, that can be a dual threat, a receiving threat, 
That's what we need. And that will take some pressure off of Corey Davis. That will take some pressure off Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios. Um, yeah, going into next year, you're right. Is it going to be, is it going to be Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios? You know, yeah, you're yeah. right. We're going to need someone else. Either we need Denzel Mims to step up, which, I, I, again, I don't think that's going to happen. Or if you sit down with Calvin Ridley. If Calvin Ridley passes the interview, okay, so if his heart Damn. is in it, maybe give him, a, give him a, sec, a second round pick for him. But I'm not a big fan of that. I, I think we, we go for that, that receiver out of Arkansas, Traylon Burks. I think if we okay. can flip our number, our number 10 pick, because if you see – Washington has 11, Denver has nine. Denver might take the mm-hmm. first quarterback there. Uh, you know I think Washington's going to take a quarterback. So if you see a team like the Saints I've heard that want to move up or maybe the Falcons or something like that, um, or maybe not the Falcons, but there's another team that would like to move up. There's some trade scenarios. If we can flip that 10th pick, move down a couple spots, draft the Traylon Burks or Jamison Williams, and think about that. That would maybe get a, a first-round pick in 2023. That would be even adding more to the Jamal Adams trade that we made. So I think Joe Douglas has a lot of ways to go here. And this is, this is why we brought Joe Douglas in. We are in a very complex situation where we need a lot of holes filled. There's a lot of players yeah. in the draft. There's a lot of players in free agency. There's a lot of players you could trade for. Um, so right now, attacking what we really need. So we got Corey Davis. We got. Well, hopefully we can bring back Braxton Berrios. Elijah Moore looks really good. Um, we don't have a tight end, so either you get on the yeah, phone with the Cowboy or Dan Schultz. But, but, and I, I hear what you. And I don't mean to cut you off, Angel. I hear what you're saying, but again, I, I think when we look at we look at this tight end position, and I get it. We want a guy that's going to be able to be a pass catcher, but I think a big thing to that is shoring up the offensive line. Because we could have drafted Kyle, if, even if we would have drafted Kyle Pitts or bring any of those guys in more than likely they're going to be asked to block because we can't stop anyone, any pass rushers. And we saw that this year. We struggled to do that. So a big, a big thing in the, getting that tight end in here is if we show up our offensive line, yeah, I'm absolutely all about bringing tight end. I want to see us get a, tight, get, a good, get a good tight end. We haven't really had a guy that could catch passes since, what, Dustin Keller? That was a long time ago. That was a really long time ago. So I do think adding a tight end would be big for us, but I think adding that other weapon outside as well at wide receiver would be huge too because, again, it would open things up. It's hard. you got Corey Davis on one side. you got, you know, whoever else on the other side that's going to be able to make plays. you got Elijah Moore who's able to move around within the offense, whether it be in the slot or they move him around outside as well. He can do his thing. And then you got Braxton Berrios coming back and being able to add. I think that that would be huge, huge, huge for Zach Wilson to just be able to go out there and chuck the football around. But I do, again, like you said as well, think that we should definitely be looking for a pass catching tight end. And uh, with the, the guy, uh, Trey Burks, I, I think is his name, uh, the tight end that a lot of people are talking about taking the second round, that could be a guy that we target too. But another guy as well that I wanted to talk to you about in that first round, because you talked about you know possibly going after that guy, Trey Burks from Arkansas. I want to talk to you a little bit about Jamison Williams from Alabama. Now, he tore his ACL. He's a guy that could slide down a bit because of this injury. My question before I let you go is, would he be a guy that you would look to target? Because that injury could slide him down a bit, but he's a guy that's a physical specimen, man. So let me bring this up. Obviously, if Denzel Mims worked out, this this is why we drafted Denzel Mims, right, to be this guy that we're looking Mm. for right now. So doesn't it doesn't yeah. really suck that we're in this situation now because of that? And again, we could have had yeah. Chase Claypool or Van Jefferson. 
or even Duvernay yeah. from uh, the the Ravens. So again, like mm-hmm. we shot ourselves in the own foot. I mean, this, we're having this discussion now, and we could be looking at other pieces on our team instead of this because this is why we drafted Denzel Mims to be this guy. And now we're here two years later doing the same dang thing, man. It's it's so frustrating. Yep, yep. But, I mean, you, it's hard to hit on every draft pick, but it's just like what did they see in Denzel Mims? I mean, what what obviously it, it didn't work out. So, um, again, Jamison Williams. Because, listen, we have so many holes on the defense, man. Our defense was the worst last year. So it, it's going to be interesting to see on the number four pick. It, you know, where we go with that number four pick, I think if it goes Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Thibodeau, and Evan Neal, then we're in a situation where you're right. We've got to draft uh, Kyle Hamilton or, you know, I know you don't want to do the safety thing or maybe the other offensive tackle from uh, NC State. Yeah. Um, but again, do we really need offensive tackle? I mean, we got, we got Makai Beckton. We drafted. We got George Kent. did really good. We really need a guard or a center. So maybe it's wise to trade out of that number four pick if if those top three are taken. But I have seen on some recent mock drafts that Kevin Thibodeau has dropped into number four. And if we can get that defensive end on the number four pick, uh, I think you definitely need to target someone for the offense with the number ten pick, or even maybe the linebacker Nakobe Dean or something like that. But it, mm. it just – to see what we get in free agency, Jamison Williams, I would have loved at 10 before the ACL. That's why I was kind of happy. I'm like, okay, well, pressure now because now we can draft Jamison Williams. You know, that's kind of where he was projected to go. But now mm-hmm. with the ACL pair, I mean, you know, maybe you could trade out of 10 to go to 18 or trade down with Pittsburgh or New Orleans and still get them in the late to – late first round. I think if you're looking at Jamison Williams, you don't need to take him at 10. You can trade down, mm. get a first-round pick next year or a couple extra picks, take Jamison Williams probably between the 15 to 25 range. I think he drops because of that. Or a trade yeah. on Burks. Um, but I think you're right. I think, you know, in order to progress Zach Wilson, we need to give him weapons. And I like yeah. Duvernay as the guard. McGovern, we are paying him, I think, $10 million as – I think I think Joe Douglas knows we're kind of stuck with McGovern there. I think uh, if we can get another guard, maybe with our second pick, man, we have so many holes. And then our, I think our defense. I think you've seen it with the secondary. He's happy. I think he's happy with our secondary. I think we could add a safety. I think he's going to attack yeah. defensive line, which we need. I think we need linebackers. And um, yeah. uh, again, you're right. I think we do need to get a receiver. So whether it's someone in free agency or drafting someone with our second first-round pick and maybe trading down because of those, those receivers are kind of falling in that middle middle first round. Number 10, we would be picking the number one receiver. Our, I don't think a receiver is going to go before that. So that's another good thing. We'll be picking the best mm. receiver in the draft if that's what, if that's what it's wow. going to take. Um, okay. But, I, I mean, I don't think a receiver is going to go before that, and that's, and that's kind of it. So um, I heard Drake London – his name been thrown around. Um, I think those those guys are all probably between uh, pick ten and pick twenty five. So we'll yeah. see if Joe does I mean, bring some deals. Get some, yeah. but again, we're, we're talking yeah. about how the Denzel Mims deal, right? That's what we did with Denzel Mims. We're like, <laughs> oh, we traded back. We got this pick, and we got Denzel Mims. Uh, like, oh, like yeah, so. I mean, this is his he, he was time he was around. listen. Sure he, he was right. He was he was good in college. You know, he was a guy that had again we and again Adam Gaze was terrible. But we saw big potential out of him in that offense. He was making plays. 
There were balls that were thrown up where we were like, there's no way he's going to come down with that, and Denzel would come down with it. That's why I think everyone was so excited about him coming into this year, and for whatever reason, he's just not fitting within the offense that we have right now. So unless something well, dramatically changes, now that, I don't know. I don't know. That, I'm just I, I love the guy. Coaching, you know I love him, man, slow, but I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know. Now, now that we're coaching the Senior Bowl, there's no excuses this yep. year. You guys are on the field. You're going to be coaching these guys. You should get an up-close yep. look at these guys. I mean, obviously, the and Senior personal. Bowl is not everybody in the draft. You know, it's not yep. everybody in the draft. Let's be honest with you. It's a lot of guys you haven't heard of. Um, but I think, we, I think we're going to have a lot of success this year. And I, I do see Joe Douglas yep. making some trades. I would caution about trading up. I know, we, like I said, last year when we lost those two third-round picks to get um, AVT, which was, I think, a good trade. I like that. But, you know, having those two – we draft well between the third and fifth rounds. You've seen that. Joe Douglas, Bryce Hall, Michael Carter. Um, obviously, we have some whiffs. Um, and you know what, too? Let's not forget about Cameron Clark. I know we had that big injury last year. I don't yep. know if he's coming back, but that's another guy to keep an eye on because, he, you know, he was our about it. Or third or fourth round pick. Yeah, you know, so – Yeah, talk um, about it. But I would, yeah, I would, listen. I would I, caution I about Angel, it, but that's – I'm listen. I'm right there with you. I look at the situation and I say to myself, "There's some things that could be moved and utilized, especially with some of the picks that we have. There's some trades that we can make. I am not against trading up, though. I will say that, and and I'll let you go after this. But I am not against trading up, especially again when you look at what we were able to. We gave away what like a fourth round pick to move up and get what I personally thought was the best guard in the draft that year, and we're seeing him go out there. Regardless of how weak everything else is on the offensive line, he's played well this entire year. His first year in the league, people are saying that he should have been a pro bowler. I'm saying he should have been a pro bowler. You got other, you know, offense stud offensive linemen out there in the league saying he should have been a pro bowler. The way he's going out there and playing ATV is unbelievable. So I'm not against it. As long as we don't just give up, you know, the, the shirts off our back, I have no issues with us moving up and making the, play, uh, making the trade, especially, again, when we trust so much in Joe Douglas. Now, if this was Mike McCagnan, I wouldn't want us to do anything because that guy had no business knowing what he was doing when he was training up. He would just give <laughs> Boo to that, man. I'm so glad that he's gone. But listen, Angela, i got to get back to these lines. Man, the lines are hot. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. You have yourself a good night, my friend. Good night, Joe. We'll see you, man. Thanks for the call. All right. I'll see you. Thank you so much. Salutes. Go Jets. That's what I'm talking about. We're talking about Jets tonight. <laughs> We're going to get back to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 number. Call in. We are taking all callers next. I'm getting to my guy, Michael. Colin will come directly to you after Michael. Michael, salutes to you. I want to thank you for calling in tonight, my friend. It's good to hear from you. Man, give me your thoughts about this New York Jets wide receiver core. When you look at it, what is your assessment of it at this point? Uh, good to hear from you, Joe. Um, I'm Pretty much what the uh, last last caller had, but the issue is that I'm not so high. I mean, it's a great thing that they're going to be doing the Senior Bowl. And there's a receiver mm-hmm. in the Senior Bowl out of Nevada. His name is Dobbs. And if you read the skinny on him, he fits LaFleur's offense very well, especially on mm-hmm. wide receiver screens and straight uh, a very deep threat and very, very yep. fast. Yep. I don't think that you should go after a number one receiver right now. That's not the priority. Yeah. The priority is offensive line, really getting more into LaFleur's offense, which means you need to run the ball 
and you need to control the ball, control the clock with the tight end and the, and the running backs. And to do that, you need offensive linemen. Basically, mm-hmm. we were playing with maybe only two this year outside of uh, Fant and AVT. The problem is, mm-hmm. I mean, Moses played great. I mean, he was just so reliable. But the thing is that if – did you watch any of the bowl games? Uh, I, I caught a couple of them, like, late, yeah. Okay, well, the Rose Bowl, if anyone watched it, there were two receivers from Ohio State come out next year that are fantastic. And one of them is uh, Harrison Jr., Marvin Harrison Jr., phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So getting that number one receiver now would be a mistake. I, would, I wouldn't well, wait I, to pick on it early. I mean, I would get a receiver yeah. for depth in the fourth round, but not mm-hmm. early at all. And wait till next year. You have other receivers coming out, but then you're going to have more of an established offense, uh, and everyone will be playing because this year is still another another building year. Everyone's uh, yeah. no, we have to win games. We have to no. You're still building. This is this last year was Douglas and Salah's first year together. This is their mm-hmm. second year. So regardless of how long Douglas has been here, it's really his second year with this crew. And he drafted yeah. for well, this crew, and you saw how well he did. So yeah, listen, Michael. I, listen, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I get it. Now again, I I don't think we should be head hunting for wide receivers early in the draft. And again, I, this kind of really hinges on what we do in free agency. But when we, you, we look at free agency, because that's what we got coming up first, I'm looking and I'm saying, listen, we got 54 million dollars. All right. I think like yep. 19 yeah. of that is going to be 19 of that is going to be Given to you know, if if our draft stuff well, pans know, out okay, we got to find a fix. But you got dudes, exactly. you got dudes that could be in free agency that could be ridiculous. Listen, I'm, I'm going to ask you the question right now. If Devontae Adams is out there and he hits this market, like we've been hearing, we've been hearing that if Aaron Rodgers is not there, he ain't going to want to be there. There's been a lot of commotion going on in Green Bay. If he hits the free agency market, you telling me you don't want the New York Jets to go after this man? No, not for thirty million a year. No, you got more other holes oh. that you got to fill, and that would tie you up. Okay. Absolutely no. Okay. No. Okay. Not for thirty okay. million a year because you have so many other holes that you have to fill. And remember, you know, by the you time you have to really get everything million? going, absolutely, that's what you he's going to be looking for. Mm. Yeah, okay. All that's right. what he's going to be looking for. All right, that's what he's going to be looking for. And what you should be doing is. Uh, Fix the safety situation. Get some backup linebackers, right? Mm-hmm. So that way, when you when you draft, I would still go heavy offense. But however, if the edge rush is there, and again they're doing the Senior Bowl, if the edge rush is not there, Jermaine Johnson out of FSU, they're going to be he's on their team to uh, coach at the Senior Bowl. This guy had 14 mm-hmm. sacks. He's been quietly under the radar, and he had nobody else on the team. Not like Hutchinson and. Everybody else. This guy had nobody on the team, and he had recorded 14 sacks. He, the, I watched him against Notre Dame. He blew up their tackles. He, he hurt two of the tackles and blew up the other one all game long. So mm. this guy is, is really good. You could probably get him in the late first, even second round. And then if yeah. you, with the number 10 pick or even 18 pick, the people are telling you they're going to trade with uh, – the, the New Orleans Saints, you could pick up, uh, you know, Dean from uh, Georgia. So now you have the linebacker, yeah. you got the edge rusher, you pick up uh, Linderbaum. All of a sudden, you're starting to fill a lot of holes that of critical need. 
Another guy to yeah. look for probably in the fourth round, too, is Chad May from uh, Tennessee, the guard tackle. He played every position on the line. And he's a mauler. He's like Trey Smith that came out last year that Kansas City had that made uh, the Pro Bowl. So yeah. these are guys that, you know, they're going to be coaching. And so you got to watch. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Now, Now, give me your thoughts on this, Michael, because there's a lot of people out here that, you know, we're talking about what we can end up doing in the first round of the draft as well. There's a lot of people that are really hung up on Kyle Hamilton and taking him at four. I hate that pick. I hate that pick. Okay. Give give me your thoughts on this. and Give me your thoughts on him as a player because I I like him. I think he's a great safety, but he's just – Listen, I'm a Notre Dame fan. He has so many other needs. Yeah. I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I've been watching him for a Mm. long time. The thing is is that that's not what we need for the Jets right now because you have Mm -hmm. other items that you can have. I mean – if we were more established, if this was next year, and we already had we established that the, you know there's one more player on the line that we need, or whatever, yeah, then you can wait, you know take the pick like that. I hear you know a lot of other guys on podcasts saying he's generational, he's a unicorn. You know what? That's great, but okay, that's a unicorn by himself because he has no supporting cast. If you look at the Jets defense and you like how bad we were. Yeah, you know why? Because we only have one linebacker, Mosley. And if you blocked him, yep. no one else tackled. So it's not that, you know, we were, oh, so bad. It's just you didn't have the horses to, to work with. you gotta, exactly. you got to put the horses in there. Yeah, he's going to be a horse, but just one. You need more than one. So I would, yeah. you know, work with getting Dean, getting this guy, Jermaine Johnson, uh, picking up Kobe Bryant later in the third round or even – because you've traded a pick, established a later third-round pick, picking up Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati as a cornerback. Now you're, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden you're doing depth and you pick up uh, the safeties in free agency. Hey, you, you fixed a lot without even doing a lot. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Give me your thoughts about That's Drake the thing. London. And Give me your thoughts about Drake London. I saw him play I against Drake Notre Dame. Against, I th- yeah, I saw him play against Notre Dame when he got hurt. Uh, he was dominating. He yep. was really dominating. Big body, uh, you know, and he's playing a slot. I can't believe that. And that mm-hmm. that's just a mismatch made in heaven right there. So yeah. that's nice. But, again, I wouldn't want to pick a receiver in the first round. Not now. I, you know, if you had Thibodeau, my second pick would be Lindenbaum mm. in the first round. I've been try- I have you know, been trying because, to tell people about Lindenbaum, and nobody wants to listen. <laughs> nobody oh, wants to listen. Nasty. If you watch any tape on ABT, he's mauling people, especially if he hits a defensive back. He's burying them in the ground, throwing them out of bounds. I mean, he's really mean. So you get yeah. another guy next to him that's just as mean. Oh, my gosh. Now you're – because to run the ball and to control the clock, you got to control the offensive line, and you got to do that with nasty guys, and you got to yeah. force your will. And these are the type of guys you got to draft, you know. And unfortunately, this is not going to be a pretty draft because people are like, I want to receive, I want this, I want guys. Mm-hmm. It's not one offensive lineman; they're five. All right? yep. You only, you only drafted two. You got three spots yeah. left open. You know, yeah. the, the big thing early on was Cameron Clark. He, the last gentleman mentioned him. Uh, there was a competition between Alex Lewis, Cameron Clark, and uh, Van Roten. Van Roten was the third, absolute third last option. 
Cameron Clark, thank God the guy could still walk. He really got hurt. Lewis yeah. quit, and you're left with this guy, and he's he hurt back then the first the first game got got blown out of his position, thrown to the opposite yeah. side. I mean, come on, this guy yeah. was a rag. You know, great days, Long Island, and everything that that's great, but he's just, come on, really, <laughs> you know, and you had to go get somebody from Kansas City that got beat out by Trey Smith. That's the whole reason why he, you know he wanted to play. But he was a backup too. You know, everyone thought, "Oh, look how good he is." He's not that good. You want to go to a Super Bowl, you need top end guys. You know. Yeah. Tardif, he's a backup, and a yeah. quality backup yep. for a guy who gets hurt or twists an ankle or has a high ankle sprain out for three or four games. That's a great backup. But that's all he is. Yeah. He's a backup. He's not your front yeah. line. If that's yeah. your front line and your backup is Van Roten or Feeney, that's why we we only won four games, guys. Okay? Yeah. And, and that's, that's what, that's what, that's what I, keep, I, I keep pressing that and I keep pushing it. And you're, you're bringing up great points, Michael. That's exactly what I keep saying. Addressing the offensive line and doing what it takes to better everything up front will open things up. And we just, we, I, you know, I talk about a lot about protecting Zach Wilson because he's, he's the future of our franchise. He's, you know, playing you the most valuable he time he in football. Great. Exactly. exactly. When, when he has time, he can decipher things. We see the arm strength. We see all that. He's the guy that's supposed to lead us. But also, He's the real well, deal. when you look at our running He's game, yeah, when you look at our running game as well, if you better the offensive line, it betters our running game. Well, what is the, the greatest thing you can give that's a young quarterback? What, a good running game. No one's talking, <laughs> yeah, no one's talking, <laughs> no, about, no one's talking about that. But if you, if you build up the offensive line like we were just talking, defensive line, a, a yeah. pick, either the second pick in the second round, or if you can grab an extra second round pick because of a trade, the guy to pick yeah. up would be Brees Hall out of Iowa State. This guy, mm. for the last four years, has scored the most touchdowns in college football, except for one year again, uh, with Nigel Harris, and he was only one touchdown behind him. He scored, mm. all this guy does is score touchdowns. He's great, yeah. and he would be a fantastic complement to Michael Carter behind a mean offensive line, and you pick up uh, Trey McBride or even Jake Ferguson, no one's talking about, another guy that's on that coaching staff for the senior bowl. You get guys like this where you start establishing this part of the offense for the next year, then you add the number one receiver. Dynamite. Okay. Then you're talking about playoffs and, make, and making some damage. Not, oh, we need a receiver because yeah. you want to win games. It's not about winning games right now. Yeah, you're going to win seven, eight games next year. That's fine. But the thing is, you've got to establish how you how not to lose. That's what yeah. you've got to establish well, first, and then you start winning. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of capital, Michael. We'll see. But I'll tell you what, if one of these guys, you know, slides in, especially again, if Allen Robinson is out there, I wouldn't mind the New York Jets, you know, taking a shot at him. He's oh, a guy that can come in. And no, you talk about free yeah. agent. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. But look at what you did last cap. year. Look at what you did last yeah. year with Corey Davis. This guy was fumble eye. Yeah. You know, he couldn't catch anything after a while. <laughs> you know, yeah. he was good in the but, beginning, but then things were bouncing mm-hmm. off his chest because he forgot to catch with his hands. I mean, but you that's, know, that's it's okay. More, but that's, that's, more of a, that's, that's more of a reason to go after somebody again. It's wondering, can you trust him going into this season to be our number one wide uh, receiver? Like you said, as well. there was some He's drugs. not number one. Saw Elijah, Elijah Moore is your number one. Elijah Moore is okay. your number one, and he's going to be like Terry – He's going to be like Terry Kill. Give him time. Okay. All right. Out. We'll see. Watch Listen, out. Michael, I got, to, I got to get back to these lines. Listen, you need to call in yes, more. You know right, I bro. like hearing from you. We go back and forth, all right? You have yourself a good night, yes. my friend. 
You too. Good All to right. see Listen, Michael, we're going to give him a round of applause, man. Let's go ahead. Let's give Michael a round of applause. Michael called in with some fire. I, I love hearing from Michael. We always go back and forth. We talk about the draft again. We're going to have so many discussions about multiple parts of this football team. We're going to be talking about the draft and all that stuff all the way through. But we're going to keep getting to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. I'm taking all callers. We're talking Jets. We're talking Zach Wilson. We're talking O-line. But we are talking wide receiver tonight. What are the New York Jets going to do with wide receiver? Do they need a number one? Are they still in the market for a number one? What's going on? Do you trust Corey Davis? I got, a, I got questions. You know, I got questions. I'm going to Colin next. This is my guy, Colin, man. Colin always comes with some hot takes. Salute to you, Colin. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Colin, give me your thoughts, man. What are your thoughts about Denzel Mims? Could you see him cut or trade it this offense, this, this offseason, excuse me? Would you be surprised if that happened? I won't be – hey, Joe, good evening, first of all. Um, What's going I won't on? be surprised if, you know, if Denzel gets cut or traded. Um, but I, I still have, like, the, the hopes for him, <laughs> believe it or not. I, I still feel like maybe he needs to hit that reset button or that, that staple button or whatever it is it's called and, and um, Colin, you know, learn, Colin, can I tell you learn, learn to play. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you a secret? I think at this point, the only people that still believe in Denzel Mims is me and you. It's just me and you. <laughs> no, just no, me and you. I, I think it's a, a lone. I think there's a few people that part of it. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I think there's some people still <laughs> believe in him. Um, but yeah, I I I think if we keep him, it doesn't cost us anything to keep him. So you know, you might as well you know keep him and give him another year. Um, mm. but I, but I don't agree with us like going after like a Devontae Adams or something like that. First of all, I don't think those guys would even want to come to the Jets. Um, mm. you know, a lot of these, a lot of these guys, you know, superstars are going to want to go with the teams where they can win a Super Bowl. But the the mm. way I look at like a Devontae Adams, you, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have, you're on a much better team and, and you know, between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they they only won one Super Bowl, right? I don't even know if Devontae Adams was on the team when they won. So, you know, with that much talent that they have there, and, you know, they, they still struggle to go to the Super Bowl, um, to me it, it doesn't make sense that we would go and sign a guy like him, pay him millions of dollars. That That, that is not going to get us to the Super Bowl. Um <clears throat> So I don't I don't think right now, you know, like going out and spending that much money well, on any one yeah. one superstar guy is gonna do much. We may win we may double our wins, but mm-hmm. you know, at, at the same time I th- I think like, you know, if it's like the icing on the cake and you needed mm-hmm. that guy to you know, to get you from like being in the playoffs year after year to like getting, you know, to the championship games, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. to you know, to go get him for a four and thirteen team or whatever, um, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think we need to spend the money right now. There, I think the guys we have, Corey Davis, you know, Elijah Moore, Braxton, even Braxton Berrios, right now, you know, they're going to they're going to nickel and dime. 
they're going to nickel and dime this guy and, you know, he may end up walking. So, wow. you know, Joe, Joe Douglas has like this mental, I guess, block where if he thinks a player doesn't worth more than a certain dollar amount, then they're just going to, you know, he's going to actually let that walk. Um, mm. So I feel like with, with Braxton Barrios, like, you know, they, they're not going to come to agreement anytime soon. Well, I would hope that they, they would be able to step up and get a deal done with Braxton Berrios. Again, I understand, and we've seen that in the past. I think we saw it with Robbie. Yeah. We're, from yeah. all the reports where Carolina literally just beat us by like a million, maybe, if that, and he ends up walking, right? And everybody was upset. Yeah. Now, I hope that, again, because Braxton Berrios not only gives us something from the wide receiver perspective, you know, running routes out on the field, but he also gives us something in special teams. So that's the double up right there. You get a two for one. So I would hope that they would look at that, look at the need, look at the fact that we haven't had a decent kick returner since I don't know when. This guy just made first team all pro as a kick returner, and I would hope that they would do what it takes to ensure that he gets signed and brought back. I hope that Joe Douglas does not nickel and dime and jack this up. I think me personally for our football team – that Braxton Berrios is a must-resign. Again, not just because of what he does out on the field as a wide receiver, but we see the special teams aspect, which is huge. Field position is huge, especially when you've got a young quarterback that's still trying to learn you know, how, to, how to move the football down the field. Him putting us in solid positions was huge for us this year off, off, on, in, you know, on the field. So I hope that they can get that done, man. Yeah, the, the question would be, though, is what, what, what's, your, what's your limit? On what do you think he, you know, Braxton Barrios should get? I think right? I think Braxton Barrios should be eight to nine million a year, eight to nine million a year. That's where I think he should be. Yeah. Again, I, I he can he can again players can try to command whatever it is that they want to command. That's fine, but I think again he's he seems like a very realistic guy. Again, I know with that All Pro, the price just went up just a little bit, but I think eight to nine yeah. million a year, that'd be fine. But anything crazier than that, if he's yeah. acting for some crazy, then maybe he does walk after that, you know. So, well, I right don't now, know what I'm that, hearing when is, you look you know, at, go ahead. Most, 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 you know, most guys I hear right now is saying, you know, five six. So, you know, eight 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 mm-hmm. nine sounds like a bit of stretch as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what what they're going to do with um with him though. Um, it'll be a shame yeah. if they I can't mean, we'll... come to an agreement. Um, yeah, because it I seems think, like every time like we, get, said, we get we get a guy that does well, then we can't keep him. We can't sign him. Um, no. We'll see. So yeah, so it's, we'll see what they do. Because I, I think he's a, yeah, I, I think he'll I think he'll you know again I think eight to nine million is what I, I think he could fall, and I think that'd be fine. Again, for his presence and what he brings, I wouldn't have a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? What he does now. When you look at our wide receiver core, I'm looking at hey, like you said as well. We maybe shouldn't add, but there's a guy, Mel Kuyper, who's looking at it. He says, hey, we should take Hamilton at four, Drake London at ten. What are your thoughts about that, man? Would you be okay with the so, New York Jets walking away from the first round with those two players? Well, so first of all, I, I think for Joe, for Joe Douglas, right, the last two drafts, it was hit or miss, right? But this, this draft, we have four guys, four picks in the top with 38, 40 picks. They mm-hmm. have to they have to do they have to be very clever about how they make these picks. 
you know, we, we, we have so many needs. It's like you can, you can throw almost any name at the, at the four and the ten pick and it sounds like it's a good pick. But they have, they have to be very clever at how they, how they make those picks. Um, yeah. Me personally, I know you're not a big fan of Hamilton, but, you know, when we drafted Zach Wilson because he was generational talent, right? And, you know, our, our, our defense was, was really terrible last year. If mm-hmm. you get a guy like Hamilton at safety, then you don't have to worry about safety for probably the next five, six, seven, eight years, and you, you're getting a stud, you know, a stud safety at that fourth pick. So that, that's how I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at, you know, you, you have that fourth pick. You, you can't mm-hmm. come away with the third best edge or, you know, a player that's probably not a number one, you know, like blue, blue chip, what they call it, blue chip, whatever player, right? So mm-hmm. for me, you know, that, that if, if you can't trade out of that spot, I think you've got to come away with the best, the best talented person at that spot. And, you know, yeah. you, you get a guy so like Hamilton at safety, yeah. then you don't have to pick. You don't have to worry about safety probably for the next, you know, like I said, four, five, six years. So, um, here's, here's my, and then here's my at, thing at the 10th spot, you just go. Hmm? Yeah, I, yeah. I, and again, Colin, I don't mean to cut you off, but here, here's my take about that. And I'll let you get your take about what you would think of taking Drake at 10. But my issue, my issue with, with that take is this. I understand, you know, people believe he's going to be a – or people believe he's a generational safety. That's fine. But you don't need general, generational safeties to win in this league. We've seen examples of that. Well, the last time we went to the AFC Championships, we went back-to-back. Jim Leonard was our safety. He wasn't a generational safety. He was a decent safety. He was a guy that understood Rex's scheme. He understood where he needed to be. He understood how to communicate and all that stuff back there, and he made his plays. But he wasn't generational. He wasn't Ed Reed. He wasn't a Troy Palomalu. But when you look at all the other pieces on our on our defense, everything else, when you talk about impact positions, corner, we, we generated pass rush due to blitzes. Uh, you look at our offense where we literally had an offensive line that hid garbage ass Mark Sanchez. Uh, we, we had a running game that literally just dominated the time of possessions. Our wide receiver core was solid. We had what it took at those positions to carry. You don't need – a, a generational safety to win in this league. And honestly, when we had a guy, right, Jamal Adams, everybody loved him. And I was saying, hey, we should get rid of this guy, right? I was the guy, I was the first guy screaming that. Guess what? Jamal Adams had an all-pro Pro Bowl season. He did, he had a ton of sacks. He, I think he almost broke the record the last year he was here for, almost broke the record for sacks as a safety. He, mm-hmm. was, he was doing everything, right? And we were terrible. <laughs> we were terrible. Safeties don't have the same impact on games right. that pass rushers or offensive line or any of that stuff. So even if if Hamilton is there and he's like the only option I have, I would rather trade down, gather picks, and draft other things, pass rusher, offensive line, a little bit later on in the draft, than take a safety. Because I just do not think that we are. We are not even nowhere near close enough to be taking a luxury pick like that. Go ahead. Yeah, I- I, I just feel like, you know, and like you said, you know, um, Ed Reed on the Ravens, you know, right, the Honey Badger, these guys, you get a guy like that, they they change they change your defense, you know. So, 
you know, if you you can tr- you can trade out and then you know grab grab other players, but I just feel like at that at that pick, right? If if he falls to you, like you know, why not just why not just take him at that pick and you know have that position locked down for the next four or five years? You 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 don't have to you don't have, you don't have to go into the draft next year again and saying you know hey we got to draft the safety in the third pick you know the third round or fourth round pick or something like that um yeah that's just my opinion I mean, I, on I, that um but again yeah. there's I'd there's rather so take I'd, I'd rather take, take so. I'd rather take Neil or Lindenbaum before I would I, I would take Neil Lindenbaum before I would ever take him I, I would prefer I would rather protect my quarterback than take a safety that's just my thing but go ahead and give me your take about uh possibly well, taking well, Drake here's the thing, in and though, right? go. so yeah, but here's the thing. So we still have the ten pick. So you know you can still go and get a Tyler Lindemann on the ten pick. I I honestly prefer to take him over taking like a Drake Lamba, like taking a wide receiver. Period. I don't think we need to take a wide receiver in the first round. I think you can get that on the you know get that in the second second round, or you can even get it on the third round. You can get a wide receiver. You know you can you can go out and get. Zach Wilson, a tight end, right? In the second second round, you have two picks. You can get him a good tight end, or you can even get him a tight end in the third round. But I don't I don't think you 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 invest the first two picks in a wide receiver. There's there's too many other needs. Okay. You can get a corner, you can get you know an edge. There's so many other guys you can get on that ten pick. So um, yeah, that's the only thing I didn't agree with with that. Um, that draft, that mock draft where you're saying get the get the wide receiver. Yeah. No. Listen, Colin. I, I hear you, man. You're bringing fire with your takes. I got to get back to these lines. I want to thank you for calling in tonight, Colin. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. All right, my friend. Yeah. I keep missing you. You you haven't been doing the Tuesday shows. I noticed. So. Yeah. Yeah. I got my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. schedule. Okay. Everybody be getting on me, I, but believe me, I'll let y'all know. You know, yeah. when I bounce, I, I let y'all know, yeah. and I send out my alerts. But salute to you, Colin. Okay. I want to thank you for calling in. You have a good night, man. <laughs> I do. Listen, people. I look. I know y'all be getting on me. All right. We we push the show out when we can. You know what I'm saying? It's tough tough schedule. I see we got a tough crowd. People all on my back. I'm gonna get to everybody. All right. You know, we talk Jets when we can. You know, got a tough schedule going on. But again, five one five six zero two nine six three nine. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. We're talking Jets. We're talking Zach Wilson, wide receivers, Kyle Hampton and four. Please don't do it. Whatever you do, Joe Douglas, please don't do that. Please don't take a safety at four. Don't do it. I don't want that. I don't want it. Next, I'm going to my guy, Steve. Steve, I'm coming directly to you. Salute to you, Steve. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Steve, give me your thoughts about this New York Jets wide receiver core. Do you think we lack a number one wide receiver presence? Hey, Joe. Well, first off, thank you for having me on the show again tonight. It's always great talking to you. Hey, thank you. Thank you for calling in, man. You know, I enjoy talking to you as well about this team. Yeah, man. So, so now we, we, we could definitely now talk about this because now we're in the offseason. You know, here is the thing about the receiver position. You know, 
I, I thought our receiver position was better from this previous season than it was in 2020. I mean, but when I look at this receiving team um, at the receiver position, you know, I, I think Corey Davis would definitely be a good number two receiver for us. You know, Elijah Moore back, Elijah Moore back with us as a slot receiver. Also, Braxton Berrios should should definitely be resigned coming back. Like maybe give him a two year deal. But the thing is, the two receiver, the three receivers I don't see coming back are Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole, and Denzel Mims. And this is the reason mm. why. Jamison Crowder, you know, he's been with us for three years, and his contract is up. Listen. I did like Jamison Crowder when he played for us for, for these past three years. I think he did exceptionally well for us. However, though, I think it is time to move on from Crowder because I think we could find a better receiver in the offseason than him. Keelan Cole, you know, he was he was a veteran one-year deal. You know, I, I saw Keelan Cole, you know, he made some, great, some awesome catches during the season. I just don't think he's going to re-sign back this year. And the thing is with Denzel Mims is, listen, I did love Denzel Mims when we first got him in 2020, and everybody all thought that in 2021 he was going to make a big leap this year. But unfortunately, the biggest problem is about Denzel Mims is with this new coaching system that we had, he just doesn't fit into the system, Joe. Now, here is the thing. I don't know what is going to happen with him. I personally wouldn't mind if we did trade him away and maybe get a couple of picks back for him or even like a third, fourth, or fifth round pick back for him. But the thing is, Joe, Denzel Mims to me just does not fit into this system at all. Now, if you're going to be looking at a number one receiver, you know, a lot. I've been hearing all the talks, you know, with Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley and DK Metcalf. The, out of those three, the only one I would stay away from is, Calvin, is is Ridley. Now, I'm not saying Calvin Ridley is a bad player. I think he's a very good wide receiver. He's not the best wide receiver I've ever seen play, but he is good. But there's one big problem. He's been having some off-the-field issues and been having some mental issues, which is why at one point last season – he ended up walking away from football because he needed help. So, honestly, I think the Jets should stay away from there. Amari Cooper, no, I can it. see them looking at. Uh, uh, looking at Because, yeah. obviously, uh, uh, Dallas, is, Dallas needs their cap space. And, obviously, he's, he, he's, he's obviously, you know, because apparently the Cowboys are having issues with their cap space going into the offseason. But let me tell you something, mm-hmm. Joe. There is one receiver I would love the Jets to get. And he, to me, is a number one receiver and could use a new start. Big DK Metcalf. And let me tell you mm, something. Talk about it, DK Metcalf is phenomenally talented. I, I loved him from the draft back in 2019. You know, he was one of the biggest deals the Seahawks ever made. I would love to see the Jets go out and make a trade for big DK Metcalf. So, Joe... Now, now, hold on, hold on a second, Steve. Hold on. Now, you talking that talk? You know, you talking that talk right now? I was going to talk to you about DK. Now, you're talking about, hey, you'd like to see the New York Jets make a trade. If you're the New York Jets general manager, what are you willing to give up for DK Metcalf? Because you know he ain't coming cheap. You know that. You know he ain't coming cheap. He's still on that deal. 
What are you willing if to we give would, up for DK? I'm going to say this. I think if we would, if we would have to get DK Metcalf, I wouldn't mind giving up our um the, the our first round our first round pick, which was the pick we got from Seattle, and we would give that back to Seattle. And I think we could also give them um a second round pick as well, a second round wow, pick okay. as well, like for, for next Ooh. year as well. No, I do agree with you, Joe. DK Metcalf is not going to be mm-hmm. cheap. And, uh, and trust me, yeah, he's, the he's general manager now. of the he's Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. what is it, Joe? Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Joe? Go ahead. He's the real deal. Yeah, we're, sorry, yeah, okay. we're listening to you. Here is the he's thing. the real deal. Go ahead, man. DK Metcalf, I'll tell you one thing. The Seahawks, the Seahawks general manager, uh, John Schneider, who is a, an excellent GM, and he's been with Seattle for many years. Trust me, he's going to want a lot for if the Jets are going to go trade for Metcalf. I mean, listen, this is how I think that should happen. And also, I think what we would probably do is maybe give up another second-round pick as well for the following season to get DK. Damn. Let me tell you something. I would, Damn, I would, do, I would do that Uh-oh. in a heartbeat. We okay. have the cap. The, the draft cap to do it. And honestly, DK okay. Metcalf has not been happy with Seattle. So, Joe, go ahead. Yeah. No, listen, Steve, I, listen, I hear you. I, you know, two, two second-round picks and a first-rounder, I'm, you know, <laughs> it, I don't know about that. That's a lot of capital, and especially with a, with a football team that has a lot of holes. But I understand, okay, the need – that you're talking about when you want to address that number one wide receiver. What? You want to get that elite talent. And let me tell you something, D.K. Metcalf is that guy. D.K. Metcalf is a guy that you can chuck the football and he will go up and get it. Solid route runner, and he can catch the football very well as well. He's a guy that is unbelievably athletic. I mean, he's just – he's got it. Like, we get it. He's just phenomenal. But that's, that's a lot of capital to give up. And then on top of that, you also got to look at looking to extend him as well. The second that you trade for him, you got to get an extension too, and you're gonna to have to pay out of your nose as well. You gonna to have to. Oh pay no, that I too, agree. So. I agree. And no, yeah, listen, yeah, I, I, listen, the one I, I'm thing. Not, I'm not. I don't like necessarily that much capital, but I'm not knocking you wanting that need. I understand you want to better the situation for Zach Wilson. Go ahead. Now, okay, so obviously, Joe, because I know where you were talking more about the wide receiver position, but now. I want to talk to you about the draft of what I think the Jets should do in the first round. Now, here is the thing that, that I really hope that happens. I am hoping for the first round that one of those two pass rushers magically drops at number four for us. Listen, I well, don't see – I don't see – okay, Joe, hang on one second. I don't I – hold, hold on, hold on a second, Steve. Hold on a second, Steve. Hold on a second, Steve. Before we get there, though, I understand you wanted to talk a little bit about that, but before we get there, we were talking a little bit about the wide receiver position, and you were touching on some things. I wanted to go back to that before we got to the draft because we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Now, you talked a little bit about, you know, Jamison Crowder being gone, you know, uh, uh, you know, Keelan Cole being gone, you want to move on from those guys. Those are positions that you got to feel. You know what I'm saying? you got to look to feel those guys and bring some guys back in here. But there's also a guy that could be re-signed as well that I think is a must-re-sign, and it's Braxton Berrios. Now, when you look at him, what exactly – is he a must-re-sign in your mind? And if he is, what exactly is the most you're willing to give him? I say seven, eight, I get, nine I, million. There's people that are saying less than that. What are your thoughts on that? 
I give him a two-year deal of $12 million, $6 million guaranteed. And that's the $6 million is the most you're going to give him, period? Yes. Okay. So if he wants more, you're willing to let him walk after that? If we would have to let him walk, then yes. Mm, okay. Because okay. that, that's you, what you I would do. Bargain. I wouldn't. I would I okay, wouldn't I wouldn't overspend on Braxton Barrios, Joe. Mm-hmm. No, I listen. I hear you. I respect that. Like I said, I'm I'm seven, eight, nine million is where I'm at. If he pushes it, I'll go eight again because of the the kick returning ability, the ability that he gives us out there wide receiver as well. I can see that. But like you said as well, six six in that range is fine too. But I just I don't want to see a guy walk away. That has given us so much, and it's and it really helped out our special teams the way that he has. Now, going into the draft, for you, would you target a wide receiver in the draft? Say we don't take one, you know, we're not able to d- get DK Metcalf, who is the guy that you know you absolutely want to go get. Who's the guy that you would look to target at number ten? Would Drake London be a guy that you would be interested in? Um, the other receiver, though, that a lot of people aren't talking about. And if he was there at number 10, and if let's say we couldn't get the thing done at receiver during free agency, I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. getting the guy from Ohio State. I forgot what his name okay. is, though. But he is a uh, – Garrett uh, His first name is Chris. There's a guy from Ohio State. It's Gar- Garrett Wilson is, is one of the guys. It's well, Garrett State Wilson is one of them. He's, he's also mm-hmm. up there, too. But there was another guy, too, that was there at number 10. But – I wouldn't mind doing that Oklave. number 10. And I Joe, think Chris Oclave is the other guy you're talking about. Chris yeah, Oclave. I think so. Maybe him. But Olave. Garrett Wilson would be the first one. The other one, Joe, that I wouldn't mind us doing is, I mean, listen, I know that we are paying Connor McGovern $10 million a year, $10 million mm-hmm. a year. But the thing is, I wouldn't mind that the 10th pick of us getting, um, you know, the guy who you love, Limblom from Iowa, because he, to me, is yep, the Tyler best Linda. center in the draft. I mean, listen, it's just that the thing is, listen, I think Connor McGovern is, is air. He's not the best center, trust me. Everybody all says that he's a, he's a very good center. I'm sorry. I said this to a lot of people. He is not a good center. I think he stinks. I think he stinks mm. at times. But, but now here's the other thing now I'm going to say next, Joe. Now going back mm. to the fourth pick, as of right now, this is what I think what should happen at the fourth pick. I said before that I think that the two needs that the Jets need in the top of the round is either a pass rusher sure, or an offensive lineman. Now, you know, I, I, the prediction is, is that the first two picks, which is going to be done by Jacksonville and Detroit, they may get the two best pass rushers, Aiden Hutchinson and the kid from Oregon. I, I can't remember his name. But I, I think the best though. player to get at number four, if he is available, you have to get Evan Neal from Alabama. He will take Greg Van Roten's spot. Let me just tell you, Joe, I want Greg Van Roten fast. Like I want him to get I want him to pack his bag to get out of here. I, I want I want <laughs> Joe Douglas to cut him because he is terrible. Yeah. He I mean terrible. Yeah. No, you're you're completely he correct. Received- he is awful. But my, my thought about that is, and I do hear a lot of people saying that, they want to take Evan Neal, who's phenomenal, right? Evan Neal's a phenomenal offensive lineman. I get it. But for me, and I'm going to keep pushing this, I think Tyler Lindenbaum, if you look at all, you look at what he does out there on the field, even if you, you know, talk to scouts, if they talk about him being generational, that this dude is just a different 
type of guy. He's a guy that if you draft him, he's going to be your center for the next 15, 20, however long. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be yeah. your, sister, uh, your center for the next however long. He's going to dominate, you know, people up front for however long, and he's going to be the guy that is going to be paired with your young quarterback, and you can figure things out, you know, with him hey, on your Joe. offensive line. Now, my thing is if we get him, you can then slide Connor McGovern over to right guard because what I think a lot of people don't remember is – he was a guy that played both of those positions. He played guard and center. That was one of the reasons that why we brought him no, in as no, well. His ability, his ability to flip between that. So if you get Tyler, right, you draft him, he's your starting center, you move Connor McGovern over to right guard, that kind of solves that issue. That solves that issue right there in my mind. I, I'm right there with you, though. I want to get rid of Connor, or yeah. get rid of Greg Van Roten. He is awful. He is awful. So, and, Joe, now – the other thing, Joe, that I was going to say was really quickly, and this is a great thing that's going to happen for the Jets. Now, if, if you remember, at the end of the month, the New York Jets this year got nominated this year to go to um, the uh, Reese's Bowl this year for the Senior Bowl yeah. to watch all the players that are going into the draft. That is going to yep. be a nice advantage for the Jets this year. Them and the Lions going together – to the Reese's Bowl because they got nominated, the coaching staff, because then Joe mm-hmm. Douglas and Robert Sala can have a really good idea of all the players that are going in this draft that they could see in person. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be huge for them to be able to sit down and, and not only sit down with a lot of those players and really get that one-on-one with them, also going out there and just being able to watch those guys up close and personal. You know, having having those guys, you know, sit in sit in the offensive meeting or sit in with the with the offensive meeting when you're setting up the offense and doing the thing, seeing how they run their route, seeing how all that stuff, being able to really get up close and personal with a player again is going to do nothing but help their scouting ability and help Joe Douglas too. I think that's huge for the Jets, like you said too, to be able to get up there and really touch those players. So that's going to be big for us. It's going to be big for us. Still got to make those picks. You know what I'm saying? So we got to go out there and yeah, do no, it. Yeah, no, we just got to see what really happens, Joe. Yeah, we do. Let me ask you this one mm-hmm. last question before you let me go. What are your thoughts go on ahead. divisional round weekend? Who do you who do you like in divisional round weekend? Ooh, that's that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, man, I look at it like this. I'm looking at you know I think it's uh, Bengals Titans, right? I got. I don't know, man. I know Derrick Henry just got cleared. I think I'm taking the Bengals, Packers. I think I'm taking the Packers, Rams, Bucks. I think I'm going to take the Bucks, Bills, Chiefs. I'm sorry, I'm taking the Chiefs, man. The Chiefs are just – they're such a tough team. That, that's, that's what I'm – Yeah, but a lot everybody. of people are picking the I'm a the big Bills Jets fan, because but a lot of Chiefs are one of the best teams I like to watch. The, there are some people, Joe, that are taking the Bills mm-hmm. because they think that the Bills – can match Kansas City's talent. I mean, well, the Bills are phenomenal. Don't get it confused. That defense is unbelievable. Micah Hyde, all the guys they got up front, Ed Oliver, uh, Star Hulele, uh, Jerry Hughes, uh, uh, Greg Rousseau. The names go on and on, all the things that they got going on over there defensively. But I'm telling you, I just don't know how they, they can keep up with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are so just – they just stun you offensively. They come out, and they're just able to put up points. Even if they just keep having a knock at that door, eventually they're able to get that door open and get some points on the board, and then you've got to keep up with them. I think the Bills are phenomenal. 
I think that they're a great team. I think they built how we should have built uh, their squad around, and I think they're going to be around for years to come. This is going to be the team that we're going to be fighting, you know, to win these divisions, but the Chiefs are just phenomenal. They're phenomenal. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, Joe, they are. All right, Joe. Well, thank you so much for having me on tonight, man. All right. Well, you have yourself a good night, Steve. Listen, Steve coming with the heat, man. Steve coming with the heat. We talking talk. We talking ball. We talking football, you know. Listen, I understand a lot of people, you know, want to talk about, again, we, we, we had discussions tonight about safety, taking guys at four. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. It just, I don't want to see that happen. I really want to protect Zach Wilson. I really want to build this offense. A lot of people, I think, are set, particularly offensive line, talking about Connor McGovern as a top ten center. You have the 29th ranked rushing offense in the league. How is he a top ten center? I just don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Our rushing offense is not that good. We got we to gotta figure this thing out. We got to make sure that we hit positions of impact. We got to do our thing. But when you look at our wide receiver core, like we've spoken about tonight, it's going to be huge as well, seeing what goes on going forward. You know, Corey Davis, we're hoping he comes back healthy. Elijah Moore, we're excited about him. Hope he's able to get things. We're going to see what happens with Keelan Cole, what happens with Jamison Crowder. If those two guys end up walking away in free agency, which they could, we got to fill that in as well. There's some wide receivers in this draft that, could, that we could end up taking. Again, Trey Burke, Drake London, you know, could be out there. We'll see what happens to him. Garrett Wilson. I'm talking about Jamison Williams. He's a guy that can slide. There's a lot of people talking about him, you know, possibly sliding because, you know, of that ACL. So we'll see what happens, man. There's a lot to discuss, and we're going to continue to discuss them. So I'm going to go ahead and close out the show. This has been a phenomenal show, man. It's been a lot of fire, a lot going on. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000. Again, YoungJ000. Follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I am the troll that lives under the bridge. And I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times. Fight on. You know what I'm saying? Best damn trade up we've made in a long time. I will have that Vera Tucker jersey on. So if you want to troll me, we can go back and forth. I'm also on YouTube as well, Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. And you come on over, hit that subscribe button, turn on your, hit that notification bell to turn on your notifications. And when I post content, you folks will be in the know. If you want to troll me on there, no issues. I'll troll you right back on there as well. All right? Just hit me in the comments, and we'll go back and forth. And as always, people, when you see me in person, because eventually you will, you know, a lot of things going on, but eventually you will see me. It is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. The hugs will cost you absolutely nothing. I want to thank you folks for listening. I want to thank you folks for calling in as well. Without you folks, I am absolutely nothing. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to call in and listen to the show. You folks are phenomenal. You folks have a good one. Peace. (laughs) 